Dance. Today we're talking about the new Jumanji movie, indie gaming, and the passion of Shia LaBeouf on this episode of The Raving Geeks. Hey guys, welcome to The Raving Geeks, episode four, I believe. Episode four, four or five. I'm losing count. It's, it's four. We're on a roll. I'm pretty sure it's four. We started off good, and now we're here back again with you guys. Thank you for joining us. Today in the house, we always have Kelsey K. Cavazos. Yo, what up? And Jordan Hermony. Hey. And Alex is on the board. He's on the not on the mic, but he's there. He says hi. So thank you for joining us, guys. Uh, we got a hit of news for you, and then we're going to get into a little bit of a subject that we've wanted to get into for a long time. We've been promising you guys that we'll do it, and finally... Finally, the day has come when we talk about video games. Now, that was a little held off because Malachi and I and Tyler were not very well versed. Kelsey was a lot more than we were. But now we have Jordan and we have a consultant with Alex and a couple other people so where you can actually talk about this intelligently. Yeah. I, I feel so happy about this. Yeah. I mean, I think the really big thing about being able to talk about video games is just that you need to just like not have a life. Like, I work, I go home, I play some video games, and then I like do my homework and go to bed so it's like pretty standard so I'm, I'm happy that you know I can help out in any way I can now you're not <laughs> having a life is actually being productive there you go yeah it's translated back into having a life so. fantastic so let's start off with the news here so we got two things two things of high importance a little a little weird we don't really talk about things like this but we're, we're gonna get into it so the new Power Rangers movie can we just talk about the new Power Rangers movie for of a minute of course we can there's okay as you guys know maybe you don't know if you do know then there you go Power Rangers is getting a new flick, all new cast, the original, like, the storyline, right? So they're mm-hmm. rebooting the original storyline, and Elizabeth Banks is Rita Repulsa, which is really kind of funny. That is funny. Kind of weird. They, I love Elizabeth Banks. I do, too. <laughs> I think she's, one, really funny, and two, just gorgeous. Yep. So there's that. We'll put that out there. Um, but she, uh, they actually revealed her, her costume a while ago, a mm-hmm. good long while ago, and it's it's really odd looking uh kind of like sexy rita repulsa i don't like that either do i I, rita repulsa like the thing that made her like really cool was like her weird costume campy it was campy like i i still love going back and watching like old episodes of power rangers because of just like how silly it is like it took itself seriously without like being too serious and i don't know i don't know if i want to see like a sexy power rangers that's not my it's not my alley, man. Sexy Power Rangers. Especially not Rita Repulsa. Are you kidding? Yeah, like, it's a little strange. But her costume, aside from being inherently kind of sexy, uh, it's like sinister looking too. So they yeah. really kind of bumped up the not only the sex but the sinister look to it. It's kind of weird. That's all we had seen for a while. And then they showed they showed the the costumes. <laughs> they all kind of look like Iron Man. Yeah. Like Iron Man esque costumes. Which is just, I guess, like par for the course now, right? Right. Is that like if you're gonna have like these people battling all the time, it's not gonna be like spandex suits. It's gonna be armor. Makes <sighs> sense, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what about so, that range of motion? That range of motion. Got to get the the ball joints. Got the Gotta ball. get them elbows. Got to get the ball joints. You guys look like a bunch of just like we're chickens. Shaking like, our arms. Like, have you ever seen like Arrested Development where they're like, "What are you, chicken?" And they like make those like weird like yeah. kr, kr, kr. like that's what y'all look like right just now. Just wait till you see me dance. Oh, oh man. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> so, so that's what we had for the, for the time being. Now, most recently, um, one of our new uh, actually, we will give a shout out real quick. One of our fans has joined on uh, in the spirit of the Raving Geeks as we did last year uh, as like a content producer for us. Uh, he helps us with our ideas and, and stuff. So shout out to Noah ba- Noah Bashor, right? He's uh, yep. he's on the ball. He's not here with us today because we have to be quick. 
but he's going to join us in the studio next time just to hang out and see how we do things. Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty cool. It's real cool stuff, Noah. But yeah, he actually has a class with me, and he's like, dude, did you see the Power Rangers posters? Like, no, dude. And he's like, God, oh my God, look at this, you know? Maybe that's like a really, he's quiet, so I'm like exaggerating. But he uh, he showed it to me, and I had I had to bring it up today. That's awesome. Of course. So the new, the new Zoids look really, really cool. They look like very Pacific Rim-esque. Ooh. All right? And as a Got big, me. Mm. Yep. Oh, girl. Ooh, yeah, girl. Because girl. you're saying it looked kind of like a mech anime, and like mech anime is my thing. Me too. My thing. Zoids, uh, NGE, uh, Voltron, like all up my alley. Now I'm she, so excited. Now she just name dropping. No, no, I promise I'm not. But like mech anime, please like continue. A, she's got that goosebumps Ooh, again. The goosebumps, they're coming in. They're coming in, please. Goosebumps for androids and mechs. <laughs> yeah, no, these things look really cool. So they not only look like Pacific Rim, which is a movie that I absolutely love. It's such a mindless, like substanceless movie, but I, it's just great. But all these posters are them, like parts of their dro- like Zoids, not like full shots. Right. And they're kind of like laying on them or like sitting on them, like, you know, like mech anime, like posters and like covers. It's super cool. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. I'm actually quite excited for this movie because I grew up to a huge Power Rangers fan. Yep. I know you guys all did too. Oh, yeah. Oh, heck yeah. So let's bring the nostalgia Ooh, back. That looks so cool. Sorry, I just now? Googled it right now and it's like Red Ranger on his dinosaur and it's like, oh my God. March, okay, dropping that too. March 24th, 2017, coming to a theater near you. So there you go. So be there. But in that same vein of movies, you said there's another thing coming so this out? This is really cool, too. So it's like Remake City right now, as if as always, right? N- right. Nostalgia play. There's a new Jumanji. Ooh. All right? I don't think it's a reboot. Okay. I think it's considered just Jumanji 2. Like, mm-hmm. someone else just finds the board. Okay. You know, and they open it up, the same situation happens. Well, yeah, because yeah, they just threw it in the river at the end of Jumanji and it washed up on a shore. Yeah. Right. So it implied which, that there could be a Jumanji too. Which is, yeah, which is interesting. But, like, wh- why it took so long to greenlight Jumanji 2 is beyond me. But, I digress, I'm happy that they have because yes. this cast looks actually pretty freaking awesome. The main character is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Which I know some people either love or hate Mr. Johnson. How can you hate that man? He's just, so, he's just so adorable and friendly, and he's always eating pancakes and stuff. He is really cool. He's a really cool guy. He seems like he would be really nice in person, too. He's really down That's to earth. That's what I've heard. He's really down to earth. So he's the main guy. Uh, Kevin Hart is like the side, side guy in the movie, which is freaking awesome because I love Kevin Hart. I think he's so hilarious. You gotta wonder if didn't they just come out with a buddy cop movie they that the did. two of them were in? So they like did. one, I wonder if that plays in it. But two, I also wonder if because it took so long, like I wonder if Robin Williams was supposed to originally be like in the sequel. Maybe and with his passing, they kind of like gave it up and like had to rewrite a script. I have a feeling that maybe Robin Williams didn't want to do it. That's my thing. It's like yeah. maybe they were just like the past couple of years have been like trying to poke him, poke him. Like, hey, you sure you don't want to do Jumanji too? And he's like, nah. And now with his passing, they really don't have any other choice. So no. now they gotta move on. And plus, if it was just sitting in the hopper, I mean, of course they're just gonna make it anyway. But yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. There's like this like really cool chemistry with Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson. So mm-hmm. I mean, that I didn't see that that Central Intelligence movie. I know I know a lot of people who did and said it was really actually quite funny. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see like how that's going to translate into something like this, and especially a kids movie too. Right. You know, because they're both pretty like blue humor a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Even watching them even try to attempt kid humor just seems still like it's going to be like really adult to, oh, yeah. to a degree, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um Jack Black is also in it. 
Yes. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's a hit or miss. You yeah. either get something good like School of Rock, or you oh, end up School with something like Gulliver's Travels. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Or that God Travels. Awful Ghost, uh, Goosebumps movie that they I, made. honest to God, like, have not. Like, that was on my radar for, like, a corner of a second. And mm. just, like, a corner of a second. A quarter of a second. It's just one corner. Just one just corner. A, just the half of the S. A single corner of a second. Just like that, yeah. Yeah, um, it's cringe fest. If you want a good cringy movie, go see that Ghostbumps movie. Goosebumps, Ghostbumps. Goose, Ghostbumps. Ghostbumps. Goosebumps. Can I just before we move on? Because I know we were talking about movies. I have the Power Ranger cast list pulled up. Ooh. I also did not know that Brian Cranston is in it as Zordon, what? the mentor to the yeah. Power Rangers, and Bill Hader is the robot. Yeah, uh, I failed to mention oh that. Oh my god! That's How could so you fail cool. to mention? That? I don't know. It's, that was announced a long time ago. To be very fair, that was announced like before they released anything, and people the, made fun of that. And they put like they put Heisenberg's head in the tube. That's, that's awesome. funny. That's yeah. that's that's yeah. what I want out of this. But like. I don't know. I try not to pay attention to movies until, like, the posters come out. Because, yes, it is fun to look at them while in development, but so much can change. Yes. And, like, I don't want to get my yes. hopes up for something. Well, luckily, there's not going to be a whole lot of, like, post, uh, post-production post on Jumanji other than all the, like, crazy animals right, that they're yeah. going to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, the interesting enough, too, is we're jumping back and forth. But it's okay because there's a lot to talk about in both of these subjects. Karen Gillan, for you Doctor Who fans out there, is uh, is going to be one of the lead female characters in Jumanji. Yep. So it's a really interesting cast. Um, I like her a lot. I, I don't, I'm not a big Doctor Who fan. Yeah, she's branched out a lot from Doctor Who. She has acting chops. I just think it's she good does. for her to distance herself. Because she was Nebula in uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. She was Nebula. Yep. 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 And that was a completely unrecognizable role for her. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's good. I think that she has the ability to be a really good actress. Um, I just have, like... There's, like, the five or six shows, like, on BBC that, like, are, like, the shows. Yeah. And, like, if you're there, you're there for life. Yeah, like, yeah. Syndication is a yep. beautiful thing. Yeah. Like, you yeah. don't want to get shattered. No. Like, no, no, no. What kind of happens in never, the vein of talking about our last... Never get shattered. In the vein of talking about our last episode. I'm stay out of that. But, uh, yeah, no. I'm lacking a kind of witty, you know, transition into our main bar. <laughs> Yeah, we have none. Because I was trying to be, like, real, like, cutesy, like, cool, trying to think about, like, whatever. You failed us, Jordan. You done I goofed, Kane. You done goofed, Rook. Speaking, I don't know, Star Trek simulators. Uh, Goat simulator. Okay, <laughs> we're moving on. That was, that was a fair time. Our our main bar segment is uh, indie gaming. Indie, yes. Playing indie games. Um, yep. I personally am a huge video game person. Uh, earliest memory was literally just sitting there playing, like, Pokemon Yellow. I'm a little Game Boy. Mm-hmm. But uh, it wasn't until recently I've started branching out into uh, really just seeing what else is out there. Like, you have your big companies. You have, like, your Ubisoft. You have uh, 2K, which handles, like, your sports games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have EA Sports. You have, uh, what else? Um, Infinity Games. Uh, stuff like that. So you have your big, your big sellers. Your Assassin's Creed. Your Call of Duties. Your... Even to a point like your Bioshock, your Modern Warfare, whatever. Well-marketed platform games. Well-marketed yes. platform games. But I really think, and I hope, uh, looking forward, but I really think that the future of gaming honestly lies in these indie game nuggets. These little gems that, like, if you're looking for good things to play, mm-hmm. they're they're out there. Um, there's some beautiful storytelling, uh, unconventional storytelling um, and just some really interesting plots that I feel like indie gaming, um, you know, indie gaming allows for us to reach that new level, especially through like newer things like virtual reality. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I digress. There's a couple of games in particular I know that you guys have played of the indie game genre. Yes. So I'm going to start off with those and then kind of give my little spiel about games. But I know... Before you do that, let me preface this with this, okay? I, the reason why we never talked about this, and I'm going to say it again, is that we're just not gamers. The original Geek Crew was not gamers. And then finally, when I met my girlfriend, she's a huge gamer. Um, which is really just counter to everything that like I am into, right? Because I'm like about hard copies and print stuff, not really the digital mm -hmm. digital mediums. But uh, she has introduced me to a whole world, and that's why I'm glad that we're talking about this because oh, my yeah. mind is just blown. It's kind of posturous, and I'm sorry, I, I'm old. I I gotta catch up. But I just saw Indie Game the movie very recently, and it just blew my mind on how intricate this, these processes oh, are. Yeah. Um, these hand drawn, pixelated like worlds that are just like. You look at them and you think, oh, this is just run-of-the-mill, like, 24-bit just stuff. And just, like, oh, my God, it's just so beautiful. And Yeah, that's the thing. is, And that's what's really beautiful about indie games. Uh, and let me digress for, like, half a second, then we'll jump into, like, going through games. But um, the really beautiful thing about indie gaming, indie games, is that part of it is the art, but also more of it is carried by the storytelling. Oh, yeah, I feel absolutely. like that's definitely something that a lot of modern games lack is storytelling. When nowadays, especially console games, they're very much so marketed for multiplayer. Mm -hmm. They're not marketed for a storytelling experience. Um, I remember the first time I ever played Bioshock, which is above and beyond, outside of Mass Effect, which is, I know there are two like mainstream games, but above and beyond one of my all-time favorite video games ever, um, I fell in love with it because of the storytelling. Mm -hmm. I was told, you know, one of my friends in middle school told me, you know, don't look it up. Don't look up any walkthroughs. Don't look up, you know, any way to, you know, get all of the side missions. Just play through the story normally, then go back again and do all your side stuff. So I was like, okay, Ben, I'll give it, I'll give it a chance. Like, let me do this. So I played it through, no matter how like hard it got, like I played through it, played through it, played through it. And I remember it hit, like, I don't know if you played Bioshock at all. I have so not. I'm, so not, it's on my list. I'm have. not gonna spoil it for anybody who hasn't played it. But um, when it got to the one part in the game where like the major plot twist happened, I just remember sitting there with literally my jaw open, like on the floor in my bedroom, jaw open, like freaking out. Like, how could I not see this coming? And then suddenly everything was making sense. All the wheels were turning. And I really think that that's something that I haven't felt in a very long time playing a game. Yeah. Um, it's just a sense of awe because storytelling through video games can be incredibly immersive if done right. Absolutely. And it's really interesting, too, even just like watching that movie, but also starting to start play some of these games. You know, my girlfriend is really has she's steam and she downloads constantly. You know, I, I can get a lot of these indie games on my PS4, which is really kind of cool. Um, not all of them, obviously. Um, and even just the steam movement in itself of just like kind of just like decentralizing like video game distribution away from the major companies and the platforms and just giving major access to this stuff is really cool. I find it super endearing. But you're exactly right. That the, the way that these creators talk about how these stories are built, and not only just playing them, you know, but like the, the like the impetus behind some of these stories and like why they chose like these certain elements, it's so very cool, especially from a writing standpoint. Um, and obviously that's something that I can appreciate quite a bit but let's go through this and you know Kelsey and, and Jordan know these games a little bit more than I do so I'm gonna let them lead the conversation I'll, I'll add some color so <laughs> I know we were just talking about how wonderful like indie games can be in terms of storytelling and stuff like that but what you also got to kind of appreciate is how tongue-in-cheek they can be too oh, surely oh, just yeah. as fun 
um, for you know none of the brain power of playing a video game. And I think the best indie game to illustrate that probably Goat Simulator. Goat yes. Simulator. Okay, so Kelsey, tell me how you found about, about out about Goat Simulator. Oh my gosh, I can't even remember specifically like who showed it to me, but I just remember watching someone play it, and I was immediately like. I'm going to go home and download this, like, right this second. And so I did, and it, the first problem, my first problem was that it did not run very well on my computer. Because yeah, the I FPS is very, <laughs> it's it's shaky. Your frame rate is very shaky on yeah, that game. But it's so much fun. Oh, my God. I had. So, have you ever, have you heard of slash played Goat Simulator? I, okay, you know I anything? have a little bit, and, and, like, I keep bringing up Emily. So, Emily plays it a lot. But, like, for, for people who don't know, yeah. explain explain yes. what Goat Simulator is. Okay, so Goat Simulator, I like to describe it as Grand Theft Auto, but with goats. Fantastic. Yep, you play as a, a nameless goat. Um, You can upgrade your goat if you continue <laughs> to play. Uh, the goat whole cyborg. point of the game is literally to, one, explore the world that you're in uh two you can complete missions but they're kind of like silly missions like oh knock over six you know concrete barrels or you know blow up a car or set a house on fire and <laughs> goat yep, you you literally are just this random goat that just does this um you get enough power which is actually my favorite part of the game if you uh amass enough uh bad points you can turn into satan Yep. Literally Satan. It's so much fun. That's great. Um, yeah, no, and I think the most interesting part of the game is, obviously, you're a goat, so you might be asking, Jordan, how do you do all these things? How do you knock barrels over? How, how do you, you knock barrels you over? Well, you can kick things. them with your legs, but how do you light a house on fire? How do you become Satan? No opposable well, thumbs. Well, you got no opposable thumbs, so what you do is you just throw your goat tongue everywhere. Oh, wow. Very unsanitary. I do not recommend it myself, but... That goat tongue, though. That goat tongue, though. You flip it around, you stick it to walls, and the best part is, is that, like, the gravity in that game is just so wild, so, like, a car will be passing by you, and you'll flick your little tongue out, and you'll, like, latch onto it, and it'll just slingshot you across the map. That's and your little awesome. goat will just frisbee fly for about a solid two minutes until it touches down in some other part of town. And you're just like, well, this is my life now. I so. loved dragging people, too. And, like, that's one of the missions, too, is you drag <laughs> six people to this, like, pentagram. And then you you sacrifice, sacrifice them, them to become goat Satan. Yeah. And grow an extra funny. set of horns and catch on yep. fire. So, so there you go. There's Goat Simulator. It's very good. And speaking just of simulators real quick, I mean, obviously people play The Sims a lot. There's stuff like that. So this is like a really kind of subversive take on it. One thing that I really enjoy is that like I'm watching like playthroughs with, with Emily all the time. We watch uh, a, a few different people. There's Video Game Donkey. We're giving shout outs. You know, JonTron is really funny too. And, uh, um, I prefer Game Grumps. But Game Grumps is really they, funny. They split off. Yeah, I, yeah. Know, I know. I know. Well, the other guy's doing stuff with his wife all the time. Yeah. Doing, like, makeup videos. They're real funny. No, no, no. Like, they still do, like, video game stuff. They're real funny. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but the one one guy that I think is really funny, and maybe it's a mixed bag, but Markiplier is really funny, too. And he constantly is playing Yandre Simulator. And if you don't know what that is, I can speak intelligently about this. I've seen this a million freaking times. And Alex is laughing his butt off right now because he's actually, like, really an anime, too. So this has like, got an anime bent to it. Yandre Simulator is this is this sim game where you're, like, a high school oh, anime girl. I finally get what you meant by Yandre. Continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, so... And you're insane, right? Because you're you're obsessed with one 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 guy, and yes. it's uh, senpai, right? Your senpai. Your senpai, right? Yep. And so your whole the whole Notice game me. is like you are trying to like curry favor with the rest of the group, so your popularity rating gets high. And if you have a high popularity rating, they're not gonna catch on to you when you start killing people. 
because the whole point of the game is that like you're you're jealous and then you can like kill people and then you know like they catch you and if they catch you the game's over or whatever. Um, but there's all this other weird stuff and they're constantly updating the game too. So like it's like you, when you watch Markiplier play it, he plays it a couple different times with new updates. There's like a well, you guys mentioned like the goat Satan thing. Mm-hmm. There's like a, there was an update where like you could like go into this like weird like like Satan realm like other world and like use like witchcraft and float around it's it's mm. odd but it's super funny cuz like just watching Markiplier talk about it he's like given like certain characters like nicknames like there's one very very chesty character that he calls Boobs McKenzie constantly <laughs> and it's just it's if you haven't seen that on Markiplier go watch all those Yandre simulator videos but I digress carry on ladies Another um, interesting simulator that also involves killing people <laughs> is the Surgeon Simulator 3000. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. No. So is, simulator 3000 is a solid game. There's something about simulators so, that's actually way more interesting than what you would think. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's just this level where you're like, well, I'm not actually doing this, but this is still fun. Like, yep. <laughs> and it's like, basically, you're supposed to perform heart surgery, and it just gives you no instructions. You just perform. Just it's literally, it. yeah. there is somebody on a gurney with their chest pulled open and it's like perform heart surgery and you're just like well okay so basically you just try and you you control the hand with like the mouse the, the mouse track. Yeah. yep and you like it's just like insane like basically you see how fast you can kill this person it's, <laughs> it's incredible yeah it, it, like there are points where you're like just stabbing with the scalpel yeah Pretty yeah, much, yeah. And especially because, like, the controls are really wonky. So, like, when if you flick your mouse too hard, your hand, like, smacks off the screen. You can, like, rip somebody's heart out of their chest, like, accidentally. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And it's like, oh, doctor, they're hemorrhaging everywhere. And you're just, like, flipping your hand around trying to find a scalpel. And you, like, push everything to the floor. You're like, no. Oh, like, shoot. I just knocked a saw into his chest cavity. Yep. Oops. Now it's in his My tummy. Bad. My bad. Oops. Um, awesome. So, I think it's really funny, uh, just kind of, like, to wrap that all back in to what we were talking about before. Um Indie games can definitely have this level of humor to them, mm-hmm. a lot of tongue-in-cheek. Stuff you might not get away with in, like, a regular platform game because, you right. know, the majority of people sometimes are not, they don't have the best sense of humor. But these, I mean, these indie kids, sometimes they have the best sense of humor. Accurate. Um, mm-hmm. So I know I personally, um, a lot of people get their indie games off of Steam. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's a lot of really good, really cheap ones. Shout out to Steam. Shout out to Steam. Um, follow me. But um, <laughs> I can't actually say my username on air because I'm pretty sure there's a swear word in it still. But um, <laughs> I could probably go home and change that. Racy. But um, I know there, we were talking about Goat Simulator. Uh, there's another one that's eh, okay. It's called Only If. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play as a college student that just woke up. After a rampant night of partying, uh, you are the only person in this house, and you came with a girl, and the girl is not there anymore. You wake up, and you're like, okay, well, I have to find her. This is a while ago I played this. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a puzzle game. There's a lot of puzzle games, actually, I found in indie games. Uh, The whole point is, like, you trying to find her, but, like, it's almost like an Alice in Wonderland type of thing, because uh, the first thing that's there when you wake up is there's, like, a vial, and it's like, hey, drink me. And you're like, no way. And this voice comes over the PA and is like, drink it or I'm going to come in there and murder you. And you're like, okay. So then you drink it and like the game opens up from there where like you're falling from the sky. You're in this like hedge maze. You're running from like these fireplaces that are trying to like catch you. So the moral of the story is kids don't take hallucinogens from people you don't know. Exactly. Um, So that one, that one was okay. Uh, Interesting puzzle game. Another interesting puzzle game. Lucius. Um, 
you are the literal son of the devil, as you think your name might imply. Mm -hmm. um, and the puzzle game is uh, you're trying to summon, you're trying to bring back your father. Um, you know how kind of like the Virgin Mary gave birth to Jesus and was like, I'm God's son. But Joseph, you can be my stepdad. So it's kind of like you, except for you're Satan, and Jesus is not involved in that in any way. Um, Satan's just kind of like... <laughs> Jesus did not approve this message. No, Jesus did not approve this message. Um, as Lucius, you frequently have visions of your father, and uh, he's telling you, like, hey, listen, you need to kill, uh, you know, 13, 13 people mm -hmm. by, you know, this night, uh, and I will rise again, and you will take to the throne of hell as, like, the prince of darkness... Um, but I need you to do this. And you're an eight-year-old boy. So <laughs> it's really interesting because, like, some of them, you're, like, riding around in your little tricycle and you, like, cutesy, like, walk past the piano and, like, kick out one of its legs and just, like, smash it into, like, a foreman's skull. It's a lot of, like, murder in this game. Little do they know it's a tricycle of doom. Tricycle of doom. Wow. Um, that sounds really fun. I'm going to Dead big wheel. That. But, yeah, yeah, so puzzle Dead games like wheel. that. Um, more just, like, not puzzle-y, but... Continuing off of, because I know you were talking about who you played Super Meat Boy, so we'll oh, talk God. about that in okay. a hot second. So, so let me just say this, like, I, even though I'm new to gaming, I'm new to, like, modern gaming. Because when I was a kid, I had an NES, an SNES, a Sega, a Sega Saturn. I had all that stuff. Because old Dang, games were my, the were, that was my jam, dude. I love side-scrollers, I love RPGs, that was, like, how I grew up, right? Um, so when I find, like, new modern side-scrollers... No matter how simple they are, I just go gaga and over the moon for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Super Meat Boy was one of those games talked about in Indie Game the Movie. And I thought those guys in particular were just really endearing because I think they were the least pretentious out of anyone that they, like, they focused on yeah. in the game or in the movie. And just, like, the whole concept of Super Meat Boy is just really funny to me. And the gameplay is awesome. So I play that constantly now, and I actually kick butt at it quite a yeah. bit. Okay, for people back home who don't understand Super Meat Boy, explain okay, to me Super, Super Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy is a side-scroller, um, much in the vein of Mario, but way more akin to Mega Man X. If I can describe the gameplay of Super Meat Boy, it is exactly the same gameplay as Mega Man X. Um, and I say that because I could, I, at one point in time, and this is not bragging, I can't do it anymore because I don't have access to it, but when I was about... 14 years old, I got so good at Mega Man X that I can beat that game in like less than a few hours. Just pounding through it, running through everything, and just jam, 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 jam. Get all the secret stuff. Baller. But like, <laughs> Mega Man is life. For real, for real. But so basically that this game is, is a side-scroller like that. And um, the main character is Super Meat Boy. Meat Boy. Um, and he is, is just a boy without skin. Right, mm -hmm. and he's, so he's he's meat, and anytime you run around, you get meat juice, which is basically blood everywhere, and it's just like it sticks on the level. So even if you die and you restart the level, there's just still just like blood everywhere for where you ran around. Um, but the emphasis is, is that he has a girlfriend named Bandage Girl, right? Which is a really cool juxtaposition. He has no skin; she is just made out of bandages, like so they complete each other, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's super cute. It is super cute, and the, 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 and the drawings are really cool too, because um, it's very modern, like uh, like that kind of bit like art. And um, so there's the main bad guy, Dr. Fetus, right? And he's basically, like the, they're all, like, drawn, like, squares, mm -hmm. you know, like, rectangles are kind of SpongeBob-ish looking, you know? Yeah. So Dr. Fetus is just basically one of these squares, like, just, like transparent, because it's, like, a mech body of this, like, little tiny fetus guy inside of it. And, like, when they're running through the storyline, it's like, nobody loves Dr. Fetus, so Dr. Fetus hates you, or something like that, you know? It's, like, real very simple, but very funny. So he kidnaps Bandage Girl... 
and takes her. So you each level you have to run through. She's at the end of the level and you find her. And then he just kind of like, you know, your your princess is another castle kind of thing, grabs mm-hmm. her and swipes her away. And then you have a big boss battle at the end. Um, but it's fantastic. It's really fun to play. And it's it's actually, it's quite difficult the same way that Mega Man is. I want to say it's a little easier than Mega Man because Mega Man's really freaking hard. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, I absolutely adore this game. And I think out of anything that I've played recently, I think that's the one I like. I just attach myself to because it, it really brings me back to my childhood in a really fun new way. So I'm really glad that you bounced off of that because there was actually, and it's on my list, um, that I think that you would really like this because you were talking about Super Meat Boy the other day in the office and I was thinking of like indie games I can recommend you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of The Binding of Isaac? No. Okay. Binding of Isaac. Oh, uh, is that the one where you can travel back in time? No. Okay, never mind. No, it's not. <laughs> Do you know what um, I'm talking about though? You you keep you keep bringing up this traveling back in I'm time so game. Sorry. And I don't know because there's a lot of games where you can do that. I think Alex knows. I think he's writing it down for us, but continue until we get it. But um so Binding of Isaac, uh, you are a boy, little boy named Isaac, um, and you live with your mother mm-hmm. who is crazy. Um, it's by the same guys who made Super Meat Boy, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you live this. with your mom and your little boy named Isaac. You're mm-hmm. very sweet. And your mom is crazy. And she thinks she hears the voice of God. Um, and when she hears the voice of God, she hears God telling her that you, Isaac, are a very bad boy. That you need to be punished for your sins. Wow. So she puts you in uh, she tries to kill you, essentially. And in trying to get away, you f- find that you have a trap door in your room that you didn't know about. And uh, you crawl into the basement, but all of a sudden, or you crawl through the trap door. The trap door leads to like this basement, but all of a sudden you find that you can't get out. So the whole game is you trying to get back to the surface. Um, but the weird thing is, is that while you are down in this pit, uh, you have to run around. It's not a side-scroller kind of um you run around trying to fight these weird demonic monsters in this like dungeon and uh your weapon are your tears so you shoot your tears out of your eyes um and you can pick up random things you find in the dungeon so like you can pick up like a yo-yo a piece of string like whatever like to help you like figure out how to fight the level faster um but as you're playing more and more Uh, you find out that, like, you are not the first little kid that your mom has done this to, and the things you are fighting, like, are related to you in some weird way. Weird. Like, they're these little, like, bastardizations of, like, you or, like, neighborhood kids or something like that. I forget what it was, because, like, the the actual... Spoiler alert, The actual plot itself is not (laughs) explained in the game, Um, and that's not actually the spoiler of the game. I know, I'm just kidding. But, um... That's really not explained in the game so well as is I found it like looking it up. But um yeah, no, I feel like you would really enjoy that game. It's really kind of funny. Um I have it on my laptop actually if you want to check it out after cool, the show. Cool. But definitely. And Alex just actually pulled up a picture for it and it, it looks really cool. And it looks very similar to the way that Super Meat Boy is mm-hmm. laid out too. Um probably a little bit different because that looks more like it looks like the gameplay is more like kind of earthboundy. Yes. Like in like in like kind of like um, uh, Zelda like yeah, in the sense that, like, you know, you got to run through the door and then the whole new screen sets up. Yeah. And it's not 8-bit, 24, 64-bit. It's sure. a little more animated than that. But it's in that same vein of the way that gameplay is set up. Very cool. I'm excited to play that now. Um, But I guess just, like, my one last... This was, like, the main just, like, game that I actually just was like, super excited about talking about. But I know we're kind of running 
Mm-hmm. A little short on time. That's so okay. We're, I will, a good discussion here. Yeah, no, yeah. and I don't mean to dominate. I just get really super passionate about... Games! I do. The medium, the storytelling medium of video games, I feel, is vastly undersold. Mm-hmm. People always say, you know, like, comic books are, you know, kind of an undersold medium, but they're starting to get their spot in the limelight. Quite a bit, um, Especially yeah. with, you know, working together with... Uh, television shows and movies and you know online podcast or not podcasts but online uh, streaming shows and stuff like that stuff through Netflix like mm-hmm. Jessica Jones they're starting to get their limelight but I feel like video games have still really been undersold or if we get a pairing between like a video game and a movie we get something weird like the Ratchet and the Clank like the Ratchet and Clank movie yeah. or you get something weird like, like Wreck-It Ralph and just well like- Wreck-It Ralph was cute in a sense yeah. but like you get something weird like Doom Oh, Did you yeah. ever see that? Yeah, the bad dude movie. Okay. It was really yep. I, I have like a love-hate relationship with that movie because it's so bad, it's good in mm-hmm. my opinion. It's just so campy. Well, what about that Final Fantasy movie that they put out a long time ago? That had Advent like, Children? Yeah, that, that, even the one, no, the one before that. Uh, there was there, there was two ones. There was two. They, there were, they were both animated. Um, There was Final Fantasy and there was Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, the movie. Yeah. Um, I'm talking no, about the, I'm Final talking Fantasy about Spirits Within. The Spirits Within. I saw that in the movie theaters with my parents because like, my brother and I were huge Final Fantasy nerds. Oh, and we're same. still huge Final Fantasy same, nerds, same. right? And that's like one of the one modern game that I think we played that we really enjoyed. Um, But we took our, our parents dragged us to this movie because we were so excited about it. And like... This is the first time when we were kids where all four of us at the same time were like, I don't get it. I don't, I <laughs> yeah, don't that was a really hard movie. I don't understand what's going on. It looked really <laughs> cool. It looked really fantastic, but it was weird. But no, another thing, too, uh, that we brought uh, Alex mentioned Warcraft the movie. Oh, no. I haven't seen. Didn't see it either. I haven't seen it, honestly. The, I, the guy from Pacific Rim is in it. Yeah. The the guy who plays Chuck Hansen. Oh, I don't know God. his actual actor name. So, but. Alex, give us give us a thumbs up or a thumb down if this was a good movie. Eh, he says iffy. Like, I, that made a ton of movie in like China though. Or a ton of ton, ton of ton of movie. Ton of money in China though. <laughs> tons, I of movies. tons of I, movies. Guys, I have a confession to make. What? I used to play WoW a lot. Wow. Actually, wow. My, wow. Oh hey, wow. <laughs> Actually, my entire family still plays WoW. My grandma plays WoW with my dad and my stepmom. I, I don't mean this like to be stupid, but wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Like, that's, that's wow. You took this nerdy conversation to a whole new level. I don't play it anymore. I played it. For for like a year or two, and then I stopped. But all of my family Listen, Kelsey, Kelsey, still plays Kelsey, it. The first, the first way to get over an addiction is to admit you have one. Yeah, I don't play anymore. <laughs> Listen, I swear. Listen, we're here to help. I've moved you. on. This is an intervention. Listen, I've moved on yeah, to you, indie games. You say that. Okay, let's go. All right, all right. All right. But the one game I really wanted to talk about. If I, if you take anything away from this segment, play the game off. O F F. It's and this is gonna really rack up my hipster points here. It's not on Steam. It's so indie. It's like not. It's so obscure. Whatever. Look at Stop. 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 I just play games all day. <laughs> Stop. It's there. It's from. It's gonna make this even worse. It's from a French gaming company. Oh God. Um, this is the most pretentious crap I've ever oh heard in my entire life. Stop. I promise. Listen. I. <laughs> I'm not a hipster. I promise. All right, Jordan. Tell us about okay, this game. Okay. <laughs> so the game is called Off, and I don't want to tell too much with you know giving away some things, but you play um, as a creature a character called the batter nobody really has names uh in this game you're more like what you are Mm -hmm. is the name you are assigned so you play as the batter and you also play as yourself which i think is a really interesting thing um 
the characters in the game will both address your person, the batter, but they'll also address you, the player of the game, oh, directly. Um, and they can see you, the player of the game, directly. So they're looking at two different they, they then, right? You essentially, they treat you as if you are, like, a spirit, like, possessing this character. Oh, wow. So there is one, um, oh, God. Oh, wow. I'm forgetting what his name is, but there's a cat who constantly comes back to you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very Cheshire Cat-like. Um, where he'll be like, oh, hey, batter, like, oh, hey, your name here, yeah. what's up? And so, like, he will address both of you. Um, and so the whole game, you are told, like, okay, like, you need to go through, there's there's zones. There's four zones, three of which are unlocked, one of which you unlock after uh, all of the zones are completed. You go through these zones and you beat the bosses. Uh, it's a very straightforward game. But then partway through the game, you know, as you're amassing more and more of the story, you know, as you go through the games, you're talking to the, the, the creatures that live in these zones. They're not humanoid. They're these weird, like, pumpkin-headed-looking people who are just, like, these very sweet, docile creatures. And you talk to them more. You gain a feel for the world. You start to play more. You start to learn more about the surroundings. And once you get to a certain point in the game, and I know this is going to sound super vague, but once you get to a certain point in the game and you piece together all of their stories, you realize you've made a terrible mistake. You realize you've made the worst mistake, but it's too late to take it back. And it's very, I don't know. It was, it was a really weird, like emotional moment, which is funny because these, this is like a 64 bit game. Mm -hmm. And I never anticipated myself like, getting emotional over like a 64-bit game um and by the end of the game you know you kill the final boss and that's when like that final piece really like clicks in mm -hmm. and you just sit there and you're like oh my god like what have i done yeah. like it's a very off is great in the sense that you, it really makes you take a step back and look at the fact of is what i believe is right the true right or is what I believe is right my version of the truth? That's like, awesome. It's, it's a very weird philosophical type of game that you don't click and you don't understand it being philosophical until after you start going back through the games and you start, like, re-talking to these creatures and these people and, like, the second, the third time you talk to them, like, they start treating you differently because they know what you did and you know what you did but it's very play off. If I can recommend you anything, play off. If you play, can, if you can find it on French servers. Listen, I will repost the link. It's a free download online. Um, I will repost it onto our Facebook page if anyone's actually that interested in it. That game and Undertale. Undertale is on Steam. That's what I was talking about. Undertale. Okay, so I, okay, I apologize. I'm I'm an idiot because. When I was mentioning mentioning time travel, I was talking about quick rewinds. Oh, okay. You're not talking about quick rewinds then. The one thing that makes Undertale really great is if you reset your game, the characters know, and they treat you differently for it. I Th think that's what you're talking no, about. No, I'm talking about a different game, and Alex thinks he knows it. But okay, so I'm confused. I'm sorry because I just don't know. But you okay. guys know more than Man. I do. Have okay. you played Undertale? I've not. Okay, I know Alex has. Alex is giving me the thumbs up. Yeah. Um, in that same vein, I actually found out about Undertale through Off in mm -hmm. the community. Uh, of off and I was gonna leave it on that really like powerful like I crafted this whole segment around off But now I guess I'm gonna ruin it by talking about Undertale real quick. That's okay. Um, but yeah Undertale cute little game You play as this character named 
Chara, C-H-A-R-A, like Kara, Chara, I don't know, I've heard it pronounced both ways, but um, you live in the above ground, um, Mm -hmm. and you're told not to go near, I forget what the mountain is called, but... Oh, no, yeah, you're Frisk. I'm sorry. You got me right, Alex. Chara is a different character in the game. This is why we keep you around, son. Listen, yeah, you play as Frisk. Uh, You are a little person. Your gender is not determined. You just wear a sweater and you have a bob haircut and you're like a 64-bit person. As you do. Um, So you are playing by this mountain. You're picking flowers and you fall down a hole into the underground where the monsters live. And... All humans are taught, you know, if you fall into the underground, the monsters will eat you and they'll kill you. And mm-hmm. it's this really cute game um, where it's another one of those moral consequences game where if you play it through the first time and you act brashly, your actions have consequences. And the scary thing is, is that if you reset the game, the characters know and they treat you differently. And the really scary part is if you get a certain ending to the game, the game will delete itself. Hmm. The game will literally self-destruct. We're like, you can't reaccess the files. Wow. There's three different endings. There's the good ending, the neutral ending, and the bad ending. I played through all three. I played through good first. I played through the neutral, and then I played through the bad. And at the ending of the, the end of the bad ending, um, the true bad ending, uh, you the game it gets really freaky, but then you are literally the game crashes itself that is insane and you try to click on it and the files just won't let you and is that just like for for storytelling purposes yeah, just to like because kind of just mess you up for the true bad ending i mean this isn't really a spoiler for the true bad ending you kill everyone in the game mm. everybody like regardless of who they are sounds like a normal saturday to me um but so the true bad ending is because you've killed everybody there's nobody left to help you mm. run the game Weird. Or like open the world, weird. Or like open the portal to the so world. So like it, it, that's it why it doesn't out. open again is because you killed everybody. Nobody can help you get back there. Like, eh, like in in a sense though, like that's that's what I interpreted is it really. Alex is throwing shade. Alex, Alex is throwing shade, but Alex like there's no like reason. There's no like defined reason as to why you can't get back in. But that's what I interpreted it as is because like you there's no more people left in that world. Like, you, they died. Next, next time we talk about this, I'm going to opt out of conversation and I'm going to sit Alex down right here. I so think Alex can... and I will fight. You, you I'm guys, not going to lie. I think we're going to fight. Which is really funny. So like, okay, so these are all these great examples. And what I'm getting out of most of this conversation is, is that, you know, the same way that people view, like how I view comic books, you know, and Kelsey views movies and things like that. Like you do it because you want this emotional reaction and this um, experience of being moved not only intelligently but like emotionally and what i never really got out of games until very recently is just that that feeling of like completion of satisfaction from things because yep. i'm so used to like you know side scrollers and like you know real run-of-the-mill easy play games but it's really cool that people can get that much out of it and i mm. guess that's i'm happy we're talking about this now because there's just a, so much you can do it's a huge subset of nerd culture that i mean i don't think you know a lot of people who are like on my side of it you know we look at comic books as like that's the end all be all and like that is where that's where everything stems off from right even video games sometimes but that's just totally not true and um it's really it's really cool to have like my eyes open a little bit more yep to the rest of the culture and uh us nerds man us geeks we got to stick together like Hell no, yeah. just pass that to him. Pass we're, that to him. We're, we're passing, passing notes, notes now. Um, yeah, no, just final thing. There's so much you can do mm-hmm. with that. Um, and yeah, no, I think because of its PC and the idea of like you can crash games, yeah. you can. I've played games that are like t- 
horror games where like they'll open themselves up on my computer. Weird. I literally like had anxiety attacks because I didn't know they would do that. What are you doing? And it's terrifying because they'll they'll read through your files like on your computer. They they can be scary. They have the yeah. potential to be really scary. I played horror games that like won't close themselves. Like if you like wimp out, they won't let you close them or they'll reopen themselves and like a pop-up window will come up and be like, I can't let you do that. And like what? I've literally ripped the battery out of my computer playing horror games oh before, <laughs> so that's like a whole nother. We might even around Halloween need to Let's just talk have like before. yeah. The best I have a recommendation for you, Jordan. Because yeah, I I'm kind of a wimp, not not that big of a wimp, but I've definitely resorted to like literally just removing the battery from my laptop. Wow. I've gotten so like paranoid. <laughs> let's let's do that then. We'll talk about horror across the board and yep. every geeky medium that we can. Heck yeah. That's awesome. So, but speaking of horror. Well, speaking of <laughs> horror and passion, if you will. <laughs> More um, horror on we, my spectrum. We got interested next time. We're going to take a quick commercial break for the Hall of Heroes. And might I, okay, I, we, Hall of Heroes is, is our people, right? But I got to give a quick shout out since we're talking about games. If you haven't been to Game On on Mission Street, go go check it out. It's a kind of a new store. It's only been open for a couple of months now. And they sell used games. And it is the bomb. Their prices are not that bad. The people working there are very cool. There's also board games there. There's uh, tabletop games, things like that, uh, card games, tons of stuff. They have a plethora, and I hate the word plethora because I think it's a, a junk word, but I'm going to use it right now, tons of SNES games. And, in fact, I don't have my SNES anymore, but they have a version that's a double like NES, SNES. I am totally going to buy that thing and like clean them out. So if you guys don't get there soon, there are going to be no SNES games left. So get out there and go check them out. But we're going to take a quick commercial break, so hold on with us, guys. Wake up in the morning and I go and get the paper. Gotta get the paper. Hey, guys. This episode of Raving Geeks has been sponsored by The Hall of Heroes. Located in Campus Court next to Subway, The Hall of Heroes is open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. Visit their website at www.hallofheroesllc.com and let the Hall of Heroes become your go-to comic book destination. Synopsis is real. Never had that old feel with cats who make waves and aptly get a 360 deal. Cool. Welcome back, guys. As always, check everything out at the Hall of Heroes. They got games. They got comics. They got Michael. He's pretty cool. Sit around and talk to him. Um, but this is this is a comic booky thing, so we could end off on a, on a note that I'm a little bit more familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, as you guys know, there's a Ben Affleck Batman movie happening. We've talked about it a lot. We're gonna keep talking about it because I love the Bat. Um, but there is a petition going around. Oh boy! And you and peti- when geeks have petitions, they don't end very well, no. and they don't start very well either. The whole course is, is pretty weird. But a petition is going around to get Jason Todd, Red Hood, you know, the, the second Robin in the movie into some capacity, right? Yes, I'm all down for that. Being Be- a giant Jason Todd stan, I'm so there for that. Jason but- Todd is the best Robin, yeah. But but but. I, but. Speaking of butts. It's a huge butt. It's a huge, huge butt. A giant butt. The petition specifically calls for (laughs) the uh, much maligned, infamous Shia LaBeouf. To to, be Jason Todd. To be Jason Todd. Now, if this is like Jason Todd getting caned by Joker... I'm all for that. I'm all for uh, seeing Shia LaBeouf getting caned by Jared Leto. That'd be great. However, that's not the case. They want him to be the Red Hood, real after the fact, in the movie. It's never going to happen. No no, no 
exec at WB is ever going to agree to any of this. Well, not to the Shia LaBeouf, maybe to a Jason Todd. They've alluded to it a couple times in, like, the actual, like... Yeah, the Jason Todd thing right. is totally, totally plausible. Mm-hmm. This, this the Shia LaBeouf thing, no. No, 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 no. So this is just weird. And the I don't know whether it was a joke or someone was oh, probably is. serious. Whether it's a joke or it's serious or not, it's still, like, why would... No, just don't even... Just throw Danny DeVito in there. Yeah, right? Do a penguin again. That's fine. <laughs> Listen, Danny DeVito's penguin was nothing to mess with. Oh, that I was know, a I know. good penguin. Okay? I gotta say, those first two, those two Tim Burton movies were great. Especially Long, number two. But, yeah, well, I, but you probably have a little bit of a punch for one of them because Prince did all the music. Yeah, the first one was really good. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta tell you. Um, but it's just it's just funny to me because, like, you know, Shia LaBeouf has completely ruined every bit of credit that he has in Hollywood. You know, he really. I feel weird. I feel like maybe there's, like, something going on that we don't know about, but I also heard that he, like, severely beat his girlfriend. Yeah, well, it's okay. Here's, 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 like, this weird running story of Shia LaBeouf, right? Is that you have this guy who was this, like, childhood, like, actor darling. You had even Stevens on Disney Channel. Yeah. Loved that shit. Holes. Holes. I haven't seen holes, holes, but you have holes. What? How did you not see holes? I never saw holes. Oh, my God. I don't believe in holes. Get out. He's digging tunnels. I don't dig tunnels. Get out. I don't believe in tunnels. Now you have to dig some holes. I'm digging myself a hole right now yeah you are the, but the, so yeah the point is is that so he had this kind of weird thing and then he kind of transitioned into trying to do like more big budget movies he did the transformers, transformers oh, stuff boy. indiana jones he did indiana jones and like you know he was riding kind of high on this blockbuster thing even if the movies weren't great disturbia disturbia yeah. yeah but then he started to get a little too big for his britches and thought that he could actually be a classically like you know well-respected actor there's nothing to say he couldn't but like sure. he went from like this like mid-grade like on the same level as like Megan Fox type of like I know him but I don't really care if he's in a movie type of thing to like trying to do really art art movies like, yeah. yeah like art house stuff and not gonna happen like he did that like Nymphomaniac you know yep. like where like the, the and I think that's what did it in for him cause he was riding high and then there came out that like he was actually gonna be like in a full sex scene like at like not like like not simulated but like a sex scene on, on film <sighs> and that, that made people like really just kind of strange and I think ever since then, it's just been down, downward spiral. So what we're going to talk about now, we're not going to talk about the good times that we remember Shia LaBeouf. We're going to talk about the bad times, his greatest bad, bad hits. So we're going to rattle these off in, in short succession. But I got to start off with, with mine that gives me the most cringe out of all of it. And it's from his early days. There was a movie called True Confessions. Maybe some of you know about it. Some of you remember it. If you don't know about it, go watch this cringy POS. Um... Shia LaBeouf plays an autistic kid. So let's let that sink in there for a second, right? Yeah. Already, already, already the ableism is just Already mighty. ableist, already insensitive, already cringy, bad actor to begin with, right? And like a very watered-down, Disney-fied like, movie about autism, right? Strange enough. The thing is so awful to watch. It's like it's not it's not funny because of what's going on because that's really insensitive. It's just it's funny and cringy just because Shia was like, why? Who? What agent told you that oh, this was no. gonna be a good idea? That this was gonna advance, like you know, like like dis- disabled like civil rights. Jesus, man, no, no, Oof. no, no. And he just kind of saunters through the whole thing, just really haphazardly. It's it's really hard to watch. Woof. Woof. And then there's some other things. What do you What do you guys like? Don't like about uh, Shia. I don't know. I've never been like a Shia LaBeouf fan. Nothing ever. I don't ever. think any of us are. I, was I, think say, that's no, I mean, <laughs> I think the thing that like flipped me out the most, and I guess I didn't realize until I was looking through his IMDb page, that he was in 
Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, which is like this like Studio Ghibli. Well, not Studio Ghibli. Yeah, is it Studio Ghibli? Alex, thumbs up, thumbs down. That's Studio Ghibli, right? Nausicaa. I can't see. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's giving us yeah, a that's chance. what I thought. So yeah, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind anime movie. Didn't know that he was in that, so that was just weird for me, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, I'm just not a fan of pretty much anything he's done outside of Holes. Well, yeah. well, the good thing is, is that we don't have to like Shia LaBeouf's movies to still pick pick out things that he's done that are really freaking weird. I'm just, I'm just gonna say all the Transformers. Then I'm just gonna throw this out there: the idea of seeing somebody, a child actor in a movie where he just flat out has sex with someone, a little weird for me. Yeah, I, you know, watched a lot lie. of even Stevens as a kid. Not gonna lie, gonna it's a little weird to be thinking about, you know, him having sex in a movie it's weird yeah like actual yeah i think that's probably the problem with like childhood actors is like i can't you don't see him grown up yeah Yeah, you can't i can't i feel like and also i feel like that's also kind of sad like you peaked in like childhood no come wrong like and this is not to be like mad talking mad like ish about you know shia labeouf but it's just so weird that his, his his journey has taken such a terrible turn there's all these like videos and he streamed himself like you know watching his own movies smiling, laughing, crying, yep. and he, like, does important things on screen. There's all that, that meme that goes around where he's just, like, sitting there, like, he's, like, so enthralled. It's like, I want someone who looks at me like Shia LaBeouf watching his own movies. Yeah. Okay, but have the- you seen the actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf thing? No. <gasps> you haven't? No. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to blow your mind after this episode. But oh, wow. Yeah, no, Boom. that's that's the only thing. Have you seen that? No. What? Okay, I'm so glad Alex is giving here so thumbs we'll, we'll up. Catch okay, up that's the only redeeming part of anything that's come out of this nuclear fallout of Shia LaBeouf's that career. That Sia video. Also, Let's that, talk about but, that. Yeah, that's weird. Yep. That's mm-hmm. real weird. That was actually I liked that video. That's it, fair. It was weird, but it was like art house weird, and I'm kind of into that. See, he's just As doing we, it again. What? He's just trying to be all artsy and I know. cool, and you know. Listen, this is coming from somebody that just told you to play a French indie game. I, like, I, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. And then the, the okay, this this one is actually kind of sad, and I feel bad for him about this because no one should have to go through this. So I don't know if you guys remember or not, but he had like a big freak out like in a movie theater too. Like he was watching a movie and some people were talking, and like he got up and just like just reamed into people. Oh, and I didn't they know ha- that. They had to kick him out and they were like really worried for his sanity that he was like losing it you know he remember he tried to like he said he was retiring from acting oh yeah and then he showed back up in a movie like two months later yep. you know so like real weird stuff going on with shia well apparently he did like some big art display <gasps> oh yeah are you talking about when he did like the personal art like you can do whatever you want to me oh yeah, so yeah. we're getting there right then it was like it was i'm sorry or like i am not an actor yeah like, i apologize he had like different like bags and shirts on he had a bag over his head sometimes yeah and the idea was that he was in a white room with like a white table things like that and like you just could come in with him for like i think like 20 minutes and say anything you wanted to him, do anything you wanted to him, and he could not respond back. He just had to sit there and take it. So the line Whoa. was out the door, right? Because A, people thought it was actually a pretty cool art project. Right. Which, which in, I mean, honestly... Yeah, stuff like this has been done before. I'm, I'm right. breaking down. It was it was pretty cool. Good for him. And that's actually something that I actually support in his, like, artsy push. But, like, most people were there to, like, make fun of him and, like, right. you know, you're, you're a hack, get it, shy up. The worst thing that happened, and this is really, I don't mean, it's not really known whether it's true or not, but I mean, obviously, like, I, I believe it because trigger I'm not, warning, I'm not trigger warning, I'm not like a victim blamer at all, but apparently some woman went in there and, and raped him. Yeah, like, like sexually forced, assaulted oh, Forced God. him to have sex with her, like, did something, like, molested him, they didn't really, like, get into huge detail about it, and he could, uh, like, 
I mean, this is, I guess, wow, maybe he is an actor and I'm selling something short, but he didn't do anything. He just he stayed in character and just, just took it. Mm-hmm. And apparently... You gotta wonder where somebody is mentally when something like that happens. Well, yeah, I mean, if you get the guy and he's breaking anyway and then you've got something like this happen too, that probably just doesn't help. Obviously, it doesn't help, but right. he apparently he what he came out about it and talked about it afterwards. Like he told his girlfriend, and they broke down and they cried. Like she actually, she actually was in line to wait and see him, and she saw this girl leave, and she was all disheveled and stuff. So she came in there, and like, what happened? He couldn't answer back. But apparently, he was just crying the whole time. So she oh just like God. sat there and held his hand for the time that she had with them, and then later on, he told her, and it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. oh my God. Like, yeah. you know, you have opened yourself up to something that was just really very personal anyway. After doing things that were just really kind of looked at as just like, you're losing it. And then to have something like that happen, like, poor Shia, man, you know? <sighs> yeah. So maybe I take back some of the stuff that I said about Shia. Maybe. Yeah, but I also heard he did beat the hell out of that same Well, then, then yeah, so now, the, the, you know, there's, there's the rumors that he, like, is, like, a, like now a crazy maniac and, you know, so maybe maybe I don't feel bad for it's, Shia. There's yeah. just, it's a, there's it's a, a lo- lot. It's a love-hate It's a thing. lot of working parts in yeah. that man right there. A lot there. of complexity to the Shia LaBeouf story. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let's hope that this guy's not Jason Todd, and if maybe he is Jason Todd, give him some chance. Uh, I'm going to say no. <laughs> no, no, no. And at that point, ladies and gentlemen, we're at the end of our episode. I'm really happy that you guys joined us on this this wonderful journey of indie gaming, passionate Shia LaBeouf, Ing. and Power Rangers. Yeah. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Raving Geeks. We have a Facebook. Like us on there. Yeah. Send us some messages. Send us some emails. Send us some hate mail. Do it all. If you want to hear something on the show, tell us. We're willing to work with you. If you want to, uh, you know, give us some suggestions, do it too. And uh, same, uh, same bat time, same bat network, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs>